Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. What's going on, everybody? RJ Ochoa here from SB Nation's bloggingtheboys.com. Hope all is well wherever you are. We hope you're happy, safe, healthy, and that you are still living in the euphoria of the Dallas Cowboys destroying the Philadelphia Eagles on Monday Night Football, 41-21, to 21, the final score of that. We normally have our weekly roundtable discussions every Tuesday afternoon, but given that it was Monday Night Football, we had to push everything back a day. So here we are. It's Wednesday. It's time to be live. We have a very special guest. Not a full roundtable. We got him because... He basically has enough optimism and Cowboys homerism for three people. He was at the game on Monday Night Football. It is the one and only Dave Sturgeo from the Jersey Boys podcast here on the Block of the Boys podcast never from Chop Sports and uh, from somewhere up on the East Coast. Sturgeo, yeah. how goes it? Oh, it's good, man. I mean, I'm just I'm just getting the voice back. And even even still, it's a little uh, little on the horse side. But uh, that bad boy was gone, after, I think, after the CeeDee Lamb catch. <laughs> I was like, it was over after that. The first catch, like one of the first plays of the game. And. I couldn't have screamed louder. Uh, great atmosphere. Monday Night Football. It was so much fun. Um, you know, the, the Hall of Fame stuff at, at you know, halftime. It was just incredible. Incredible. And then, lo and behold, I'm just about to board my flight. And uh, Mr. Drew Pearson himself is at uh, his restaurant in, at DFW. And, you know, look, me, try not to fanboy out too much, but he's a he's a Hall of Famer, man. I, I had to say hello and and, and wish him, you know, congratulations and stuff. And of course, he shoved the rings right in my face. Uh, so we took a picture. It was great. cool. Stuff. Yeah. Uh, Drew Pearson, friend of Blog and the Boys. Uh, we spoke to him here on the YouTube channel. Everybody do subscribe to the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel, by the way, and check out Chop Sport, uh, Sports, all the, the great stuff Sturch is doing. Um, I, I told him then. I met him my freshman year of college, and he um, he let me wear his Super Bowl ring, and he lets everybody wear it. And I just think that's a really cool thing that he does. You know, that's like awesome. not, not everybody's willing to do that, um, like in their autograph appearances and stuff like that. So uh, very cool. Glad you're home. Glad you made it back. Uh, glad you enjoyed the game. And uh, yeah, we have a lot of things to get to. So this is your discussion. If you're with us live, we're here to kind of talk about the main Cowboys topics of the week. Obviously, a quick week for the Cowboys as they get ready to face Dave Sturge, those Carolina Panthers. Uh, on Sunday, Sturge is a big time believer in the Panthers, as he said during last week's roundtable. Uh, Anthony, uh, Tony Catalina, the Anthony threw me off, said, uh, my guy's holding it down at BTV. Tony will be back on our roundtable soon enough. Uh, but uh, Tony, you know, knows that you are a big time Panthers fan, Sturge. Oh, the, God. The, the main thing that is kind of floating around or has been floating around, and we have some kind of topics, and I certainly want to celebrate the fact that the Cowboys won. I don't think anybody's upset, uh, but there are some things that people have opinions on. And the main one, Sturge, this has incited a lot of discourse, of discussion. I wrote about this, an article dropping, uh, might have already dropped actually now that we're live, uh, on Wednesday at blogontheboys.com. Should Mike McCarthy have called the timeout at the end of the first half against the Philadelphia Eagles? If you're watching live with us, yes, if you think so. No, if you do not, or if you're happy with how he played it, Sturch, you were in the building. Uh, I trust um, uh, 
you know, a little bit deep at that point, uh, having a good time. But so maybe maybe your mental faculties weren't all in place uh, at no, this that, particular point. I have but, a rule. I have a rule. I don't I don't I don't I don't consume anything during the game. I can't. Okay. Well, respect. <laughs> so, so that being said, um, you know, the the main sort of point of consternation, uh, it's third and 24 for the Philadelphia Eagles at their own 32 yard line. And the Cowboys have two timeouts in their pocket. There's about a, a Mike McCarthy. If he's, if he's hurrying can, can get a timeout in with about a minute, 48 minute, 49, you know, plus minus a couple seconds right there. Um, should he have done so Cowboys are up 20 to seven at this particular moment in time, obviously he elects not to do so. In fact, doesn't call a timeout at all on third or fourth down and just elects to go into the, in the locker room with the lead at halftime. Your thoughts. Uh, every time this happens, and I and it's sad that I have to say every time this happens because this is not the first time he's he's fumbled some timeouts. Like he has to realize that, I'm, and I say this from the crowd, from my couch, from wherever I'm watching the game. Mike, you realize like you can't. They don't carry over. These aren't rollover minutes on a on a cell phone plan. You know what I mean? Like I don't you, think those exist anymore. By the way, like, I don't think so know, either. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. So that's the today's you know, news doesn't totally get that right for sure. <laughs> right, but I'm trying to think to myself. I'm like, well. Like what's what's the plan here? Like why why would you not be aggressive against a team that look? I didn't think the Philadelphia Eagles were that good going in. I didn't uh, based off of their first two games, but I they do have some high octane players, so they can score when you know not in bunches, but like they have the ability to do so. If you have them backed up like that and you have them on the ropes and you're up twenty to seven already, you know why can't you try to put your foot on the throat before halftime? Like, that is a perfect opportunity. You would have gave Dak Prescott at least, if you burn the two, you know, with the, you know, the, the play clock and whatnot, you probably would have had a minute to go to go at least give Mr. Greg the leg who needs to redeem himself after missing an extra point, you know, give him a chance to kick the 60 yarder with no time left or something, something. But for them not to do anything was very, that was alarming. So I, I hear where you're coming from, Sturch, on, um, you know, and by the way, we are posting this audio because I know this is a subject that invites a lot of um, opinions. So we are posting this audio on the Blog of the Boys podcast network. So if you have a thought or a question about this, uh, leave us a rating and, and let us know how you felt Mike McCarthy handled it. You're coming at this from like, I, I think, search, correct me if I'm wrong, like a classic, uh, not football guy, you know, but you're saying like, you know, keep your foot on their on their throats. You know what I mean? Like twist the knife. Like I have like my stance on this has nothing to do with that. Like I get that that point that like I want to beat them, you know, send send a message, make a statement like I get all of that. But that's not you know, I think he should have called timeouts, but my point is, is completely separate from that. I don't want to call it emotion. Um, but, but I like, that's a different thing is my point. By the way, uh, Ted says here, if he wanted to be conservative there, he should have been on the fourth and goal touchdown to Wilson also, which is when the Cowboys went front on fourth and goal later in the game, Dak throws a touchdown to Cedric Wilson. They elect not to kick a field goal. Um, Ted says, I was waiting for that timeout and I kind of thought they should have went for the field goal. Yes, I agree. Uh, and so my, my point Sturge is, that you should we we hear so often about like the the most the the times this is said most frequently is when there's a situation to go for two the announcers love to say things like well the card says you mm -hmm. know the chart says it now's the time to go for two and i really believe that that's how things should play themselves out there's a, a domino game that i love called 42 that i learned when i was in college at texas a&m it's played a lot there in college station and i don't have time to explain the way 42 works but um, it's a game where if if everyone is truly playing it at the most elite level possible, the moment the dominoes are drawn, 
it should it should play out in one particular way. You know what I'm saying? Like the best possible, like the game should be written, if that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. So like in that sense, th- this shouldn't be about emotion. This shouldn't be about it's the Eagles. It shouldn't be about like it's a division game. You got to like twist the knife. This should literally just be about what does logic say? What is what does reason say? What is what does the data tell you to do in this particular moment? And Mike McCarthy actually mentioned this himself on Tuesday in his day after press conference, he was asked about this twice, uh, two different ways. He was asked about the analytics and he basically said that whatever analytics, whatever numbers suggested that going for it would have been the right decision. The defense as well as they were playing factor into that decision to let it out there. Well, I mean, that's really what the decision was about. I, you know, clock management, it was clearly a, a defensive type decision. Um, you really, you know, you have the two options there. You know, obviously, you had the, what two timeouts left. Uh, you know, you play it straight by the numbers, or you know, there's other variables involved that you know I'm not going to really get into specifics. You know, as far as matchups and some of the things that we were talking about on the headset, but we we decided to take the conservative approach. Uh, I think it was clearly you know reflected on you know not taking the early timeout on second and third down, and you know the potential one there on fourth down, but. I mean, if you look at the defensive calls and, and how we played that situation, it, I was uh, very comfortable with the command that our defense had in that game, and like just not even giving them a chance to, you know, maybe put us in a backed-up situation. And you know, we know we know what happened, you know, earlier in the game in a backed-up situation. So clearly, a conservative de- de- decision at, at that point in the game for for myself. You talked a lot about analytics and how that can inform your decision making. And that specific situation is that at all in play like are you getting some sort of analytical i don't know data that tells you you should do this in this situation or how does that work if at all that I mean, I think it's really cut and dry. I mean, when I, when I say play it by the numbers, I think the clock, you know, when you talk about clock management, you know, you, you look at the down distance field position, obviously score a game and, and timeouts available, their timeouts available and potentially where the ball is going to be, you know, where will your drive start? You know, those are, to me, by the number of variables. I think we all are aware of those. I know those that's the clear facts of any situation in the game of football. Uh, but there's other variables that, each opponent that's in tune with, and that's that's what we talk about on the headsets. I'm sure we're all aware. And you know, as far as particular matchups, you know, momentum, you know, all all those things, th- those are the other variables that that go into account in those decisions. So um, you have two options there: play it by the numbers, you know, which would be taking the timeouts, or you you play the conservative approach. And and, that, and I took the conservative approach in that situation. Yeah, that's crap to me. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm being little, little. totally honest. Like, you know what? Momentum is not a variable. And by the way, Joseph says, even after a win, Cowboys fans still complain. Yeah, we still complain because we want to win more. And that, like this didn't cost the Cowboys against the Eagles. But you know who they play this season that it might cost them against? The Chiefs, the Raiders. I mean, you know, maybe you believe in the Vikings. You know, you could get a little bit cute with the Cardinals later on in the season. And so that's why it is, you know, and this is this is discouraging. Is maybe I, the the heaviest <clears throat> term. Zachary uh, Sturge says McCarthy at times almost sounds like he confuses himself when he speaks. He he spoke in circles. You know, like yeah. he, he, yeah. he momentum is not a variable. You know, like you can't you know you can't just say like all these words and expect people to be like oh you know he's spitting facts like that's not exactly what's happening here. No, and, and you know what? The most alarming thing was right at the beginning of that answer when he said like, well, you saw what happened when we were you know pinched in our own zone like that you saw what happened previously like why are you even banking on that like first of all 
you know, they're, they're backed up on their own. What would you say? 30? Yeah, like they're like all but the way on their, the Eagles are on their own 32 yard line at the point of third down third and so, 24. So, so at the best, at the best punt possible, you're looking at, you know, a fair catch at the 10. You know what I mean? Or, or like, but well, like for, for not, them, to, not to interrupt you, Sturge, but where people have come back at this point in the last few days have been, okay, say you call a timeout right there and say on third and 24, the Eagles attempt a big pass. Say there's a legal context, an automatic first down. Say it's, there's a pass interference. So like, you know, all of a sudden you give them a fresh set of downs to work with, but then you're, then you're like, that's not elite coaching at all. Now you're coaching out of fear and you're coaching for the, like to avoid the worst possible hypothetical. Yeah, no, it's a guy. I was just gonna say, you're, you, ah, man, this this guy. It's like, when's it gonna come around? Uh, to just, I, I'm all for aggressive. I'm all for that, and, and I think that it would have worked out. But if you start playing that what if game, like, well, what if there's an illegal contact, and what if this, like, that's just there's too many questions that, that don't really pertain to the situation. We had him backed up. Our momentum was on our side. See, you momentum stop. means nothing to me though. Like, but I, I, just, I know you're making the point, but like. The the biggest problem I have with Mike McCarthy's answer is that he literally says that in, the way he verbalizes it is the number. So in this in this case, he's talking about the data, whatever, yeah. whatever analytical science or, or math is is being propositioned here says to do one thing that they did not. Why? Like this isn't this isn't an if and thing. You you can't be halfway in. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you are either all the way committed to this philosophy that you you told us you spent an entire year studying and you know professing your love for or you're not like there's no halfway here yeah no there really isn't and and yeah i mean you're you're making me come around to your point a little bit more than the whole like but (laughs) you're just so influential but like i i agree with that and i just he's got it he's got to come up with a better answer i think you know the media is a is a fickle thing and we you know we, we know how to hit him uh, hard on the questions. He's just got to come up with some better answers because right now we're not really buying his stuff. It's, um, again, is it the biggest problem in the world? No. It's no, because not. we won the game. We won no, the game. But, but you can't, you can't like, your, your, your decision-making can't be results-oriented. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't say, like, everything's good. We won the game. Like, that's totally fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, I just think, the, like, my, my feeling about, you know, the whole thing. No, like, like, had it, we lost, it would have been an uproar for a week. You right. know? Like, but the, the problem for me and the reason I'm more sticky about this than I would be normally is if, you know, and I don't even mean an elite head coach, but if, like, you know, Kevin Stefanski, I mean, I know he's reigning the coach, reigning coach of the year, but like, or Brian Flores, if they do something like this, it's, it's a one game in a vacuum type thing, but the Cowboys have had, you know, whoopsie daisies at the end of halves in each of their three games this season. I was very vocal about not being a fan of allowing Greg Zerline to kick a 60 yard field goal at the end of the first half against the Buccaneers. He missed. And then not only did he miss, but the week after they spent the entire time caping for him, talking about how he had just come off a of surgery, even though they were the ones who decided to pull that trigger and let him attempt that field goal. And again, did it hurt them? No, but Tom Brady literally got a pass off that entered the airspace of the end zone, which is the proof that this was a, a potentially consequential thing, that a, a consequential roll of the dice that they made. I did not have a problem last week, ultimately, with the way the end of the game played out. I think they got into field goal range. I think that was the goal. The score was tied. If if they were down a point or two and, and needed that field goal to, to have it be a win or lose sort of situation, I would have been much more critical. But that was not the case. Those were not the variables. And, and Mike McCarthy's the one mentioning variables and data points and things like that. So it's the collective. It's the cumulative thing here. We've now seen some questionable decision-making at the end of three different halves, and there have only been six halves played this season. 
And so that is not a encouraging thing moving forward. Um, it's, you know, again, does it mean he's the worst coach in the NFL? No, but you are truly, I think, in the best possible space you can be in if you learn from all opportunities, but specifically if you say, you know what, we won, it didn't matter, like you said, Sturge, but what mistakes did we make that we can learn from moving forward? what mistakes you want the list or <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry. This, is, this is one of them but yeah right right no i mean again I, I agree with you i just you know it's one of those things where it's just it's frustrating you just want to make sure that you, you correct these things early and you know they have the cowboys have an opportunity now to to get in, in front of this division because we're, we're finding out that this division is relatively bad you know um, I said it when the season started, and I know everybody gets on my case about being too optimistic, but I said that they should win this division by three, four games. You know what I mean? That's how bad I think the rest of the teams are. But you want to clean these things up because not everybody's going to be the Eagles. You know, not every it's we're going to get into that meat and potatoes of our schedule and, and really have to really, really clean stuff up. Okay, well, so you brought that up. You clearly want to move on, Sturge. You know, no. You're, you're, no, 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 I get it. Um, so the Cowboys are on a winning streak. Right. First Imagine time that. in a long time. Cowboys. Do you know how long it's been since they have been above 500? Do you know? Above I know. 500. I can, I can tell Wait, you. Above 500? Yeah, they're above 500. They're two and one. I know your voice is hoarse and everything. Probably. You're, you're in, a, in, a, in a questionable state of mind. But you know, the last you know time how long they were, it's been. Yeah, two years. Because I think the last time they were 500, they went 3-0 and to start the year. And then the collapse kind of just happened, right? So that was the first three games of 2019, and they 19. did actually fall to three and three. So they fell to 500 after, you know, the three and a start. Um, and then they were kind of jump ropey above 500, 500, below 500. But the, so the last actual point in time that they were above 500 was the week before Thanksgiving in 2019. Then they lost to the Bills uh, to fall to 500, fell below 500 and never got above. Last year, they lose their 0-1-1. They win their 1-1. They fall, you know, et cetera. So it's been a long time since they've been looking down on uh, on other teams in the NFL like they are now, which begs the question, how long will the win streak continue? Um, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll let you answer first. Because you're, right. you're you're Mr. Homer, so how I ha well I'm going to change the tune of last week when we joined the show, and everybody thinks I'm a Carolina Panthers guy, and that was, and I quote, before Christian McCaffrey got hurt. That so was that, still a, that was still a bad opinion to have, even before I Christian mean, McCaffrey got sure, hurt. Sure, but that, well, I just think the Panthers are a better team than what people are giving them credit for. I think ultimately they can get it done this week. Then the Giants come up. There's going to be a lot of emotions in that Giants game with the whole Dak Prescott broken ankle thing. And um, I think they get that done too. Then they got to go to Foxborough in which all of a sudden the Patriots can't win in Foxborough, which is the weirdest, the oddest thing. One of the more bigger anomalies in this in the early NFL season. Uh, they could probably rattle off the next three um, and then go. What? What is that? That'd be three. That'd be five in a row. I guess five in a row sounds about right. So you think that they can win five in a row by counting the last two? Is the counting the last two, yeah. They win the next three at home. Well, the next two at home and then go on the road and take care of business. And Mac Jones, you know, he's going to he's gonna struggle if, if Micah Parsons has his way. I mean, he's going to struggle either way. I mean, that's, I think so too. Yeah. That, that's the, uh, the, the the Daniel Jones way. I'm getting their the remaining schedule here. I was trying to buy myself time, but you um you were not sensing that. So well, uh, you know what? Not for nothing. Like I, off the top of my head, after after New England, <laughs> like I didn't know. I was trying to think in my head who they had. All right, here we go. So all right, so New England. Oh, they can't lose the following week after New England. So that's fun. So okay, they're two and one. Let's let's stop here. They're two and one. So if you're watching with us live, um. 
how how many games do they win in a row? When when what actually this this is the question. What's their next loss? Okay, because their, their next I, loss, yeah. I I so yeah. I thought by the way, Zachary says, What's the chance we don't lose another game? Um not not calm high. down, Zach. Not, not yeah, calm not, down. Not high. <laughs> uh but you know, so that respect, but um, what is the next game they lose? Now, I've not to call myself a prophet, but I've said they have to get to the first two games one and one. That sets them up for a lot of success moving forward, especially because uh, yesterday on Tuesday, ESPN's Mike Clay tweeted out the strength of schedule for every team in terms of the remaining schedule. The Sorry. Cowboys have one of the more friendly remaining schedules left, and every other team in the NFC East has one of the most difficult remaining schedules left. I think Philly's 13th, uh, but Washington is 31st. And New York is 32nd. And a big reason for that is that Washington and New York each have two games left against the Cowboys each. And by the way, they, uh, both of those two teams and Philadelphia still have to play both the Buccaneers and the Chargers, which the Cowboys have already done. Uh, and the Cowboys are fortunate that they get to play Washington and New York, who are two of the worst teams in the NFL. Philly's obviously up there too. Uh, so getting through those two one and one, I don't, that's my first question, Sturge. Do you think any of the other three division teams, Philly, New York, Washington, will split? Tampa Chargers the way the Cowboys did it when we look at their at the end of the season will either one of those three teams have beaten either the Chargers or the Buccaneers I know no no because the Buccaneers are the Buccaneers and they're going to be a good football team all year round and I so they sweep the NFC East you're saying the Bucks the Bucks sweep the NFC East and I think the Chargers will only lose to us because they're only getting better as 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 time goes on and Justin Herbert's going to find his stride so I don't think anybody in the NFC East are going to touch either of those teams right okay so They've all got to play, so we're assigning two losses to every other team. And so now to come back to the question, I've asked several questions. Um, but the next game that the Cowboys lose, Chris Chris CDR Production uh, says, I worry about Bridgewater. I don't uh, personally. Sturge, don't Sturge came on here last week and in a bit of a fraudulent way said he was worried about the Panthers. Panthers are kind of frauds themselves. The Panthers and Broncos are both Sturge paper tigers to me. Um, I just don't buy into them. I think the Panthers have a better elite thing uh they have a, a really great front seven the broncos have a nice roster but there's just there's nothing to really buy into there i think the cowboys beat both of them but so my vote for the next game the cowboys lose is at minnesota i oh off I, a buy yeah so i thought coming into this this season i said they've got to sweep those first two or they've got to split those first two games and they did that and then i thought they might not lose a single one so they i really thought they could get to the buy at five and one i thought new england might be tough just because it is Belichick, like you said, and it's on the road, but we're, we're learning, like you said, that, you know, that might not be the case. I thought Atlanta would be a little tough. I did think maybe they would experience kind of a honeymoon season with the veteran quarterback and Kyle Pitts. That's clearly not been the case. I was down on the Raiders. I was down on the Cardinals. So those two games look a little bit tougher, whereas Atlanta and New England look a little bit easier. I do think that Minnesota is is interesting i think that they're, they're one and two and i think that that's a little bit of an unfair record to who they really are they lost at the very end off of a fumble call that was debatable to the Bengals in week one they should have beat the cardinals they missed a game-winning field goal and then obviously they beat the seahawks last week coming from behind to do so i know you were busy obviously in no the without dalvin cook i, I watched the game. yeah and doing it without dalvin cook so i mean you know you get minnesota and it's both dallas and minnesota will be coming off their by by the way uh -huh. um and so that's worth mentioning but so i I think that's kind of a coin flip game. And I think it's safe to assume that, you know, you, you kind of push on coin flip games. So I'm willing to say that's a loss. Like the Cowboys are going to lose another game. And I think Minnesota is a fair spot for that. You know, I just, uh, as I look at this schedule, I, <laughs> Zach, was it, I think who said they might not lose another game. Look, 
even looking at Kansas City, right after what they just went through with San, uh, with Los, uh, yeah, Los Angeles, um, Kansas City are also not a machine. They're a man, you know, from Rocky Four. Okay, so like. Yeah. The worst Rocky movie. Oh, way. you're out of your mind if you think that's the worst Rocky movie. But I know anyway. you're like a East Coast guy, so it's like a rule to like love Rocky <laughs> and everything, you know, whatever. No, Rocky, Rocky Five was awful. Tommy Gunn, forget mm-hmm. it. No dice. Um, I, I, it's listen. I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but that's a nice schedule to have if you're the Dallas Cowboys right now in a position that they're in right now, which I know is only three games in, and they're being two and one, and everybody else is just a game or or a couple behind. If they take care of business in a division. I don't foresee, I guess that Minnesota coin flip thing that you said, you know, because the Cowboys ultimately have to lose a game. Mm-hmm. I'll give it to a, a shootout in Kansas City. But outside of that. You, you think they're winning out through Kansas City? Or, or two, up up until Kansas City? Up until Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah. I, I mean, look, Carolina, New York, they're gonna, they are got to get those two done or, or we're going to start raising questions about why. You know, sure. re- like why. Uh, New England, rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, struggle. Give, the, give me that. The Cowboys. I, I'm not. I, I understand the situations that the Minnesota Vikings have put themselves in uh, over the last three weeks. But I said it in in a lot of my other shows and, and my my pre you know my predictions that Minnesota wasn't really. I, I wasn't buying them. I really wasn't. So I think they can get that done. And then Bridgewater is whatever. That's a home game. And then Atlanta. That's a Dan Quinn revenge game. You know what I mean? Like I see a lot of wins in the Cowboys' future. And I guess the the Kansas City Chiefs is going to have that. Who has the ball last type feel? We're gonna we're gonna give Mahomes the ball with 58 seconds left, and he's gonna, you know, hit Tyree Kill on a big, you know what I mean? One of those games. But outside of that, I don't know, man. I just I don't want to get too optimistic, but it I guess it all depends. You gotta beat the bad teams, which they just did, right? They beat right. a bad team what? in Philadelphia. If they beat Carolina and New York handedly, I'll feel a lot more confident with that prediction. I love that you said that because I've long believed good teams not only beat bad teams, good teams kick the crap out of bad teams. You Absolutely. Know what I'm saying? Like, and, and so that's why, you know, because a lot of people have said in the aftermath from Monday night, like, well, why are you pumped? You know, it's just the Eagles. They suck. And like, yeah, we should all we all agree. The Eagles suck and are terrible and have always been terrible. Um, but that was a really big kind of I don't want to call it a statement, but that was a, a game and a moment the Cowboys have shrunk into a lot in the past is this, okay, you're building off some positive momentum. It's prime time. I don't think the prime time thing matters, but still it's the whole world's watching. It's your home opener. You know, it's a division rival, whatever stock you put into Nick Sirianni wearing the shirt. Like it's your chance to just go whip them and, you know, right. let them know that, that, you know, you're the team to mess with here. And they did that. And so that is what is the encouraging thing to me. I will say I don't think that that happens, what you said. Certainly possible. And I tweeted today, actually, um, if you look at the the remaining schedule by by opposing quarterback, you feel even better about it. You mentioned so these are just the, the quarterbacks on these teams. Sam Darnold, Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, Kirk Cousins, who I, I still think doesn't – it's fun to, like, hate on him. So he's, he's better than, like, the internet makes you think is my point. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Ryan, who has been really awful this year, Patrick Mahomes, obviously tough. Derek Carr, who's playing a lot better than I think anybody anticipated on Thanksgiving short week for what it's worth. Jameis Winston, um, you know, then they really that's kind of a push just given the way New Orleans has kind of been wishy washy this season. We'll, yeah, we'll see. Uh, Taylor Heineke, maybe it's Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I mean, either either way, I'm not worried. No, I'm not uh, broke his hip. <laughs> right. Daniel Jones, Taylor Heineke again, Kyler Murray. That's tough. And then Jalen Hurts to finish it. But I, I really think that the Cowboys will have won the NFC East by week 18 when they visit the Eagles. And so, um, I, I, I'm willing to say Minnesota, but not because, you know, I think that 
that it's likely or the Cowboys are bad or the Vikings are good. I just think that that's football. Like it's just, it's a weird game sometimes. And, you know, there's a lot of stabilization that happens from week to week from team to team. So that's why I'll say the Vikings. And, but even then, like, even if, even if we're being conservative, it's like, okay, well let's be conservative and say they lose to the Vikings. Like then we've got them going into, we'll say Thanksgiving. Cause let's say they lose to the chiefs, right? Cause it, it's the chiefs, right? So they're three and one after Carolina four and one, they get to the buy at five and one. They lose to Minnesota. So they're five and two. The sky's falling. They come back. They beat Atlanta and Atlanta or sorry, Nedvern Atlanta. So they're seven and two, seven and three going into Thanksgiving. I mean, you know, if I had told you that before the season started, like, hey, you could be seven and three going into Thanksgiving, you would have taken that a hundred out of a hundred times. Oh, a hundred and one times. Like that's 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 a easy. That's that that one's definitely easy. Um, but it's it's a realistic possibility. I see the chat just blowing up right now saying, like, stop looking past Carolina. We're not looking past Carolina, we're just hypothetically speaking, you know, like these this is a possibility, and the Cowboys have all of a sudden and the only reason why we're talk, like talking like this is because we finally have a, a second side to the ball. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're, we're getting excited. Speaking of, uh, we'll be dropping a video later on today on Wednesday here on the YouTube channel. So subscribe here to the Block of the Boys YouTube channel about the eight turnovers, uh, turnovers the Cowboys have, which lead the NFL through week three and how sustainable they are, how they've happened, um, you know, whether it's going to continue. So look for that to come out later on today uh, on Wednesday evening. But yeah, I mean, it's it's hard not to feel good. I mean, it, it really is. It's difficult. And maybe that's homerism. Maybe that's, you know, prisoner of the moment. But, you know, it was really obvious when you looked at this schedule that if they could be not terrible, that they had a real opportunity to do something in 2021. And the biggest reason for that is Dak. I mean, you could talk about defense and turnovers and everything, but it's, it's because when that dude's out there, I mean, I maybe now I'm a prisoner of the moment. I cannot recall a time in my life, and I mean like my adulthood life, like like the time where I've been allowed to drive a car, where I have trusted a Cowboys player more than Dak Prescott. I mean, I, like there is this innate trust that he's always going to find a way. Uh, I felt that way about Tony in his later years, like earlier right. when he was just slinging the ball over the place. I felt that way about Tony Romo, but yeah, I said the same thing. I said, you know, Every time, and I think the the networks do us a great favor by showing us Dak Prescott on the sidelines every time something bad happens, right? Like if there's a touchdown that we give up, right? They'll go to Dak and he's over there, you know, fist bumping his whole team. He's like, he's yelling, he's rooting, he's, you know, he's all hollering all over the place. I think, yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good observation. Like every time the Cowboys are on the field going forward, they can score. Like we don't have to, and even being down. When there's like a minute left, I'm just like, a minute's not enough time. And then it's, uh, it's just not enough time. You know, it, it is enough time. And Dak Prescott's that guy. Uh, thank you to a friend of the show, Bobby Belt, who dropped a $20 super chat uh, in a very, very generous lunch, mood. Bobby. You can hear Bobby, by the way, on uh, Cowboys Cast on Mondays on the Blog and the Voice Podcast Network. His, uh, he is an eclectic person, and he has eclectic you know choices and tastes in life. So uh, everybody listen to Bobby Belt. It's one he of my favorite follows. He's all right. I mean, he's a good Twitter <laughs> follower at, at Bobby Belt TX. Uh, but no, man, I mean, I, I actually I've thought about this a lot and I tweeted this at the time, but there's only one time I've ever seen Dak be uncomfortable in, in, a, in a football game. And it's actually kind of weird to think about now that I do. And I'll right now when I let you speak, search, I'll go find the image and upload it. Um, when the Cowboys played the Packers in the divisional round, his rookie year, obviously in 2016, the game winning field goal. Um, he did not look. He, he he didn't look. And Mark Sanchez looked 
And that that just seems like that's weird to think back on that Dak, you know, couldn't handle something. I, I don't even kid. want to say he's he could. I, I don't even want to say couldn't handle. Like, I don't mean it that way, but that he was, you know, nervous. Because, like, when did you ever see him nervous? But I'll find the image. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, as far as his red ability, you know, just – I don't know, man. He's got this swag to him. He's got this moxie to him where I, I don't I don't feel nervous when he's out there uh, the way I felt like, you know, Romo, he was he was more of a, a slinger, you know, and just kind of took chances like a Brett Favre-esque, you know. I think watching Dak Prescott really getting really deep into his play, to watch him look off defenders and just kind of toy around with the secondary and like, oh, I'm going here. No, I'm going here. You know, like, I don't know, man. It's It's something special, and I think it's finally, finally, amongst the rest of the media, is finally starting to be acknowledged. I mean, we got some of our biggest haters starting to talk good about us. You know, I think somebody put out a booger tweet, right? I think it was you, actually. We might have, or right, retweeted a booger tweet or a Dan Arlovsky tweet. You know, these guys who have rode hard on the on the anti-DAC train are starting to come around. So I've got the image here. I was wrong, though. Um, so shout out to me. It was not the game winner that Mason Crosby kicked. You will recall that Dan Bailey kicked a field goal to take the lead uh, in that You're game right. just before that. It's uploading here so everyone can see it. Uh, here it is. And I know it, it doesn't take up the whole screen here, but, you know, we're working with what we got. Uh, this is Dak not watching. And again, like that just is so inconceivable to me now you know to, to yeah. think of him being like that so mark is literally watching dan bailey's field goal so go rich. In. uh <laughs> and uh that's right uh and dak is not it's just it's you're right though he was a kid and like he's come such there was a comment here i wanted to get um where is it where is it uh from dj iqs is 2021 dak is such a lunch pail carrier it comes to work as the job like he he really is. He's the guy like he shows up, he'll take it all, you know, like he'll, he'll stand at the front. He'll answer every question, answer every call. And if you have that, you, it doesn't matter what else you have or what else you don't have. Cause if you have that, that can make up for literally anything else. I think, I think we also, you know, as Cowboy fans and people that follow the team, I think we also got a great, great look at this kid with hard knocks, you know, especially that first episode when he's like, you know, Everybody knows Dak Prescott is this cookie cutter, answer the right questions, just really positive, really like optimistic, very articulate, like he enunciates amazing. You know what I mean? Like he's a really clean cut dude. Then you see him with his Mamba mentality on the practice field, and you know there's another level to this guy where like he's not going to accept losing. You know, he's not going to accept no for an answer when it comes to, hey, let's get this done. Uh, if somebody has a thought, if somebody has a, any kind of doubt, it's like, all right, stay off the field then. That's fine. Uh, Ninja says that the rushing touchdown that did not happen uh, oh. would, would have won them two fantasy leagues. I tell you um, what, man. That was man. probably – listen, replay is a beautiful thing, right, because it, it will correct mistakes. But what good is having replay if they can't even look at the replay and still shot the damn thing and, and not have it done? I went to the – I did the tour the next day. I've done the tour every time I go out there. I did the tour, and I stood right where he was. I was like, here lied. Dak Prescott <laughs> in the end zone for a touchdown, not called. Uh, Clayton says, I don't see how they couldn't clearly see that it was a touchdown by Dak at the goal line. So I, I mean, like it, this is astounding to me. I mean, like we live in a day and age, um, like it's hot where I am right now. So I was actually about to turn down the air from my phone. You know what I mean? So it's like, <laughs> we, we can do all these things. Oh yeah. You know, we have all these levels of technology. We can send robots to Mars. But, you know, we actually still measure, like, this particular thing, like how far a football is, with two rickety, you know, chain 
connected things. And and like I saw a tweet about this, and I forgive me for whoever it was that tweeted. It was some notable person, like a, a I think it was a PFF Sam. Uh, does a great job for for Puffball Ball Focus. What part of the pile or not the pylon, the first down marker, does the ball technically have to touch? Like I know this was at the goal line, but like is it the because it's like triangular? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like is mm-hmm. it the beginning of the triangle? Is it the middle? Is it the end? Like what part is technically a first down? You know what I'm I, saying? Like my my yeah, my theory was when he was laying, like they had the overhead shot, right? And I'm like, well, his whole body, his half of his body is in the end zone. And like anybody who says, like, but where's the football? Guess what? It's somewhere underneath him, and that's over the goal line. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure this out. It's mind numbing. So I want to bring this up. Shout out to Alvaro T. Um, and actually I have the Manchester United Champions League match on in the background and uh, it's not looking good. We'll just say that. Uh, but it's still 12 minutes left for Cristiano Ronaldo. But uh, Sturge, you don't watch any Premier League, right? You're one of these like American sports and nothing else matters, guys. There's right? a there's a podcast on my network called the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast and it's all soccer and I've learned a lot of soccer okay. over the last couple months. So anybody who watches the Premier League, just as an example, here in the United States, uh, they have this incredible technology to like because the whole ball has to has to pass through the the line within the the box, you know, to be a goal, the entire thing. And so, like, if there's a questionable thing, you know, NBC who, who carries the Premier League, they have this like magic thing where they zoom in, and the Premier League has, and it immediately makes this like 3D rendering of the ball and shows you like literally how much of the ball crossed the line. <laughs> and so you can see like, nope, that little sliver of the ball didn't pass. It's not a goal. And so my question is, like, how do we have the technology to do that? But we don't have the technology to put a chip. Or, and I know Kellen Moore made that comment when he spoke to the media on Tuesday. Like, how can we not do that now? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think he was but, halfway like, serious, too. I know he was. <laughs> like, but, like, <laughs> even, like, the Premier League thing is, is one example. But, like, I don't know. Do they have top golfs in your neck of the woods? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like they've got chips in every single ball at Top Golf to tell you like how far it traveled and in the little shot tracer and everything. How do we not have that technology in a multi, multi, multi billion dollar corporation in the NFL? You know, like it's silly to me because like it's actually dumb to think that like just to say like, well, you know, it looks like he he got in, but like we there's no visual proof that the ball like his whole body's in the end zone. Like who cares if it's his body's like encased around it? Like the rules when it comes to stuff like that are so dumb to me because it's dumb that that's not a touchdown, but that like in his heyday, Drew Brees can jump up and like break the airspace of the end zone and then have the ball knocked away. And that counts like the the inconsistency is wild to me. Yeah. I mean, again, there's there's so many angles. I, I know one of the guys that I know, good friend of mine, was like, well, you don't know when the whistle was blown, you know? And I'm at the game, so I can't hear all the way up there, you know? So I'm like, fair, but <laughs> if all those guys are still going at it, that means the whistle hasn't been blown, you know what I mean? Like, it's guys usually stop when the whistles are blown, normally, typically. But, you know, right, if you have the ability and you have the – the technology or the money to get the technology, then why aren't we doing it yet? Cause there's going to be a time. Like, can you imagine if that was the last play of the game? Can you imagine? Like I can't, it makes me ill to know that you got that so wrong, you know, like not, and not even close. Support for this show comes from Sylvan learning as a parent. You want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. 
That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. It's bad. It's... It's dumb. Uh, I want to get back to the DAC thing, but thank you to Alex for the super chat. Thank you very much. Says, RJ, do you think the Dallas can go 7-1 and one down the stretch? Uh, so the stretch would be their final eight games. So let me see. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So it's starting with Kansas City. Um, so he wants he probably wants you to run the table after Kansas City. Right. I mean, let's so like say you lose to Kansas City, which is you know fair to assume. Um See, I don't think they win all those division games. Like, I know the division's hard. Like, I'm, you know, and so believe me, like, I'm in no way, but it's, it's, or not hard. I know the division sucks and is bad and is terrible, but it's still, you know, it's still the NFL. It's still football. It's still difficult. So I, I think it's, it's fair to assume they drop one of those just through the law of averages. That's just, yeah, I was going to say, that's just math, mm-hmm. <laughs> math at this point. Um, I do want to touch on this point from Jorge. Uh, and I saw Jeff Kavanaugh, 105 through the fan, tweeted something along the lines of this on Tuesday. Uh, Jorge's comment says, is it me or does Dak seem like he's scared to run with the ball now? Now, maybe I'm scared. Like, maybe I'm the person. And maybe I think I'm speaking, um, you know, for Jorge here. But. There was a like, what are you doing? You know, like like on Monday night, there was a like, dude, you know, chill out. Yeah, you know, there uh-huh. was a like, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no need for this. Like, you know, every slide, hey, you know, what is let's 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 be easy yeah. here. I will say I'm definitely willing to say that it it Monday night specifically felt unusual from a mobility standpoint. And and Kavanaugh's tweet that I talked about uh said that Dak I don't want to put words in his mouth, but it was something to the effect of uh Dak might never be the same runner again. And maybe maybe that's ankle, you know, related. Maybe it's not. Jeff didn't say that, but now I'm kind of pontificating here. Uh but he has more than made up for in terms of what he does as a passer now. And so like he has evolved in that sense. But I I definitely think that his his mobility is is been impacted in some way, shape or form. I think, all, but you know what though? I think all the great quarterbacks that that wind up being great and wind up winning Super Bowls adjust their game accordingly. Like like a Russell Wilson, you don't see him just taking off and running. Like right now, there's only a few quarterbacks in the league that like when the snap of the ball, their first thought isn't to throw. And it's like a Lamar Jackson or like even even Justin Fields has shown that in the first couple appearances. Well, yeah, on, on Sunday, well, least, unfortunately, yeah, right. he, yeah, yeah, he, he well, used that, to be Kyler Murray, but like to your point, Kyler's kind of evolved a little bit. Yeah, so I think that he's done that. And obviously, look, there's the elephant in the room is that he broke his ankle. You know what I mean? So like he's not going to be as fast and he's not he might not be as explosive. And I was on that same level as far as like, don't run. What are you doing? Wait, 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 where are you going? But then there was also times when they were lined up within the 10-yard line, and I'm like, this is a perfect opportunity for an RPO and Dak to just walk this in. You know what I mean? And I'm waiting for that too. But in the same same thought, like literally the same thought, I'm sitting there like, yeah, you can do that too, but don't because I don't want you to get hurt. You know what I mean? So if we're thinking that, we're only thinking that from a fan's perspective, um, but I know that he trusts his body. He knows what he's doing right now. He's ripping it all over the place. It, it, it's almost as if it's irrelevant. If it needs to be done, 
let it be done. I feel like there was a couple runs Monday night where the play just kind of got broken. You know, it just didn't look right. So he took a slide and said, that's, that's smart football. You know, I know it looks, it looked kind of, eh, you know, but like it's smart football. Why take a hit? You know what I mean? It's just, it's him being a little bit more mature. I think it's, it's not as aggressive uh, with his legs. So two things. Clayton says Dak has also figured out that slides are his friends for some happy emojis. Agreed. <laughs> uh, but DJ IQS kind of encapsulated your point, Sturge. Says, I think Dak has just reduced the idea of trying to make something out of nothing when he runs. If it's not there, it's not yeah, there. Right. And I agree a thousand percent with this. I think that Dak has through through some time now, not just like post-injury, realized, you know what the quickest way to the end zone is? Is through the air. You know, like, like I, right, you know, right. I can, I can throw it so much faster than I can, I can like run it there myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I also think, uh, you mentioned Lamar Jackson and we talked about Kyler last week, Baker Mayfield, when the Browns beat the Houston Texans, there was the, the play where he threw an interception that a lot of people saw. And then he went and tried to like lower his shoulder to make a tackle. And, right. And it's like, Baker, dude a long season you know (laughs) and we get it we get it he's a gamer we get it respect you know nobody's (laughs) gonna doubt you if you're nobody's gonna think you're not tough or anything sorry i'm watching this soccer match um okay everything's fine but um you know just be smart right like even if this is a pick six like even if you lose this game which is not ideal it's week two at that time for baker mayfield right right and so like for Dak, it's like hey dude this first down isn't the like end of the world you know what i mean like if you if you got a punt cool you know like you're yeah. an elite offense like you'll go score again so like i i believe it's partly that he's he's under he's he's made everything more efficient in that sense like that's how i view this and i think he realizes you know what like i i'm an elite passer so like i don't need to waste time with this like it's a right. nice option to bail out and utilize but but that's why monday night it did feel like he was a little bit more trigger happy on the ground some of that was man you know well, well, we'll get here in a second. I do want to address our super chat. Thank you again to Alex says, I can't wait for holding calls on Micah Parsons against Carolina to change the game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Micah has been fantastic and actually, well, we'll save the thing I was going to get to Let this, this segues us nicely Sturge into a question. Um, and that is what is the non deck thing that is the most exciting part of the Cowboys right now? Is it Micah Parsons? Like if you have to pick a player or cause you can't, I don't want this like vague, you know, umbrella like, well, I like the defense playing really well. No, I need a specific thing. Is it Micah Parsons? Is I it, think well, is it well, I curse. Think, is it Demonte Casey? Like, what's your answer? I think that the easy answer, if you want the easy answer, sure, it could be the excitement that Micah Parsons has brought to this defense. But I'm giving you a completely different answer here. And oh, it's because man. we have now officially a guy that you can't throw on. Trayvon Diggs has been oh, unbelievable. He has job. been out of control good and let me tell you something last year there was a couple moments where his head was in the kind of in the clouds and you're like well what the heck is this guy all about we don't know let's 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 remember something this kid was thrown trial by fire guarding some of the greatest receivers in the in the league last year in his rookie year in a year it was just so abysmal on both sides of the ball right so he gets his swag back you know yeah he's featured on hard knocks he's got a great kid you know what i mean like he's just an overall good dude but overall man it's to the point now where this is how this is exactly how I know he's special. Ready for this? I'm Mr. Optimism, right? My dad, my dad typically doesn't say a lot of really good things about the Dallas Cowboys. He's the reason why I'm a fan. He texted me on Monday night. He goes, Trayvon Diggs is incredible. And that's how you that's how I knew. I was like, all right, you know, it my my thoughts are are real now because this kid is incredibly good, already a superstar, lockdown corner. We haven't had one of those in a long time. I think. So my 
answer of that variety is like how I know Trayvon is legit is I hate the number change. Like I, I hate this, you know, all this, like it's so stupid. Trayvon looks sick in number seven. Like that to, to me, like that's, that's how like, it's I know so clean, yeah. bro. It's so clean. That's how I know he saw. It. I think that's a great answer. And I think that like, that is, that is, that is made possible by the presence of the pass rush that Micah Parsons is providing. Like, I don't want to take away from Trayvon Diggs at all, but, but you can't, you can only do so much on your own as a cornerback. We've seen that with other talented corners. Uh, Eileen says Trayvon Diggs is a beast, strong heart, a warrior. He just has the right attitude too. Like, I agree with that. Like he just, he, he lists those around him. Um, Oh, uh, DJIQS, by the way, says maybe Diggs and Elliot trade numbers prime time. I would love to see him in 21, but I I think Trayvon is more of like a, like 27 didn't fit. I didn't like 27. So, like, and you know what? And that felt like a safety number. Like It is I, a safety number. I agree know? with that. Like, And that's why like J. Ron Curse looks really great in 27. Definitely. Diggs, I think Diggs is like a 31, if I'm being honest. You know, so like going, I, what, you know what's funny? You just say that because I was like, shut down corners are one thing, right? But like even you said, like the pass rush, it helps and, and it makes the cornerbacks better and they have to cover less time. If there was a ball, which, and I'm not dogging byron jones because you brought up 31 right i'm not dogging byron jones but tell me i'm wrong here jalen hurts looks that way right he throws that pass to where trayvon was byron jones breaks that up trayvon Diggs picks that off takes it to the house that's the difference that's the difference he can make the plays it's a little unfair to it say is. It's a, <laughs> it it's, is, but I, that's that's where i'm at <laughs> that's where i'm at with trayvon I, I still wish byron was you know on the team. Oh, I love this question from Zachary. It says, what's higher? Diggs is ceiling or where Byron was when he left? The answer is certainly Diggs is ceiling. Oh my I God. Mean, yeah. Because By- Byron remains an, an elite athlete and an elite talent and somebody who does a lot of dirty work that is not appreciated. However, that didn't translate. And Diggs is starting to have those results translate. Diggs impacted the game on Monday night in a way that not just the pick six, but in a way that Byron never did. I mean, to, to be honest, like that he had mm-hmm. never, that Byron never had that kind of game as a Dallas Cowboys cornerback. Uh, Alex, thank you for the super chat again. Oops. Says uh, Tony Pollard. Hey, I agree. Tony Pollard. Uh, actually, Diggs would have been a great 20 too, if we're being uh, honest with ourselves here, but thank like you, that. Alex. Really appreciate that. Um, I mean, uh, Ninja, by the way, says agree. We would have gotten his little pistols instead of a touchdown talking about Byron Jones, celebration. That's the thing. Like I, I like that Trayvon, and I don't want to make this about this, but like, you know, I, you know, I like that Trayvon doesn't have a celebration. I like, it doesn't have like a thing. Like, I, I, I like that. he. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe that's come, but like, I just, I like everything about him. He is awesome. And you know, he is, I like the Buffalo bills a lot. And I think this, this happens. Like, I think we all kind of have like other teams we'd like or not root for, but just, you know, the bills are an easy one because the Cowboys beat them in two Super Bowls. So it's like easy to view them as this like, you know, cute little brother, whatever. Mm-hmm. I like their uniforms and like Trayvon's made me like, like Stefan Diggs a lot more, you know, just like, and they have the you, same. Yeah. You know, and if you follow Stefan Diggs on social media, he's all about Trayvon. Like, and it's just, it's cool to like, see that, you know, yin and yang, so to speak. And so that's really cool. Um, let's see here. Um, uh, Ben says Diggs is now officially the greatest number seven in Cowboys. He might actually be like, that's not, yeah, you put some respect on Chad Hutchinson's name. You understand? Also Stephen McGee, who went to the greatest school in the world, you know, let's, uh. um, Oh, also Eric says Trayvon can, Oh, Ben too. DiNucci. What am I talking about? So here's my other point on Trayvon is, and I, I hate this point, but like, he does have such a swagger. Like, I feel so dumb saying that word and like, he has it because he backs it up. You know what I mean? And like, 
I loved Morris Claiborne coming out. I got really hyped about Chidabe Uze. I think Brandon Carr was really underrated, but they never had this like authority about them and about their game. And Trayvon's already got that. And I mean, the dude has only played 15 games in his career. And that is really exciting, you know, at this point in, in, in where he is as a cowboy. Yeah, the sky's the limit. And like you said, you mentioned a couple of the guys that we've had in the past where we were high on them and really got excited about them, but the play really never translated. I'm not saying never translated. They made plays. You know, like they're they're, they're serviceable cornerbacks. But this kid, it's going to come to a point. Now, I know there was a comment before that we didn't bring up, but the guy's like, I need to see more. How much more do you need to see? I mean, the guy's only been playing 15 games and the kid's got eight picks, nine picks or something like that. Something crazy. You know what I mean? Like he has six picks. Let's be whatever. I'm going, (laughs) I'm going based off the team this year. I'm sorry. But, um, or the turnovers at least, but the kid has this ability to now make quarterbacks question throwing over there. Really? Uh, Like, cause he's either going to break it up or he's going to jump that route. And, And I'm, he's got the smarts and the physical intangibles. I don't know, man. This this could be the greatest second round pick in Cowboys history. Wow. Um, I don't know. You can no. you can I mean we can Google it, but I'm just being really optimistic right now. <laughs> uh, it's definitely you know they've really had some some struggling second round picks. I mean, if we think back, uh, 2010 with Sean Lee, 2011. Obviously, that's a great one. 20. Yeah, great okay, one. we're just going out the last decade ish, but 2011 Bruce Carter didn't exactly work out. 2012 they didn't have 2013 gavin escobar i mean let's i like him serviceable let's, let's great certainly pay our respects uh 14 demarcus lawrence 15 oh. uh sorry randy, my 15, bad. 15 randy gregory okay you know, <laughs> 16 <laughs> jalen smith uh 17 well, Jalen. well after that <laughs> oh my gosh cristiano ronaldo just scored to win it in the last <laughs> minute holy crap sturch oh uh, um, well I mean, it just doesn't get it. Is this week? Uh, a vict- it's a victory week again. This is again unbelievable. You know, I know you're not a soccer guy. Racing to the Twitter know, machine right now. I know, I know you're learning. <laughs> uh, but Cristiano Ronaldo also a number seven, like the oh number seven. If there's right. a number seven in the in the history of sports, it's Cristiano Ronaldo. Holy crap! Wow. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm I'm it's a little unprofessional, but you know, like, hey, I mean. That's what makes sports awesome. Yeah. Um, so, wow. I'm. I can't wait to clip that up. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be great. Like, hey, watch this cock. Oh my God, Ronaldo! They go crazy. Uh, I'm that's watching. So Man, this was perfect. Perfect. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, appreciate everyone who's um, who's hanging out with us here. Uh, let's see here. Um, Alex, thank you again for the super chats. Let's give some love to seventh rounder Schultz. Dalton Schultz Ooh. was a fourth round pick. So I saw a moment ago. Uh, oh, by the way, DFWAVGeek521 says, I need a Diggs jersey for my October birthday. My birthday's in October as well. Sturge, I want to say yours is. Am I wrong? There? It just passed now. Oh, that's right. I knew that. Um, whatever. Fine. Uh, <laughs> but um, the idea... Oh, Zachary, thank you very much. The sports is about passion, RJ. You did exactly your job. Look at that. Yeah, look sir. at that, huh? Just picking it up. <laughs> uh, this guy's going to go out there and get a Ronaldo jersey now because of that moment. What do you mean, going to go out there? I have No, no, I no. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about Zach. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, so, okay. Uh, I And I have a, a Ronaldo jersey that's on the way. It's taking forever to get here. But anyway, um, so I want to talk about Dalton Schultz, and I want to also address Aaron brought up, said, can we show love for Terrence Steele? I agree with this. And so – what is the non-deck thing that is the most exciting part of the Cowboys right now? Uh, uh, R00S is Schultz rocks. I agree. Um, I think a really exciting thing is that their their depth is playing well. Schultz isn't depth. Schultz is a starter. Schultz is one of the best tight ends in the NFL now. I think he's like, ranked number two. Pro Football Focus has he, him at number two. 
he is but like if we if we do our like common sense rankings you know no. it, we've got travis kelsey whatever order you want travis kelsey george kittle darren waller um dalton schultz, dalton schultz. <laughs> i mean but my point is like he's he's like the sixth or seventh best tight end in the nfl right now right um and so again he's not depth but my point is with him is the non-superstars are playing well for like Trayvon Diggs is now a superstar. So Trayvon, you got to play like a superstar every week. You're doing your job respect, mm. but the non-superstars are playing really, really, really well for the Cowboys right now. And that's how one thing I love that Mike McCarthy says, and he says it a lot actually, but is how many players it took to win the Super Bowl for the Packers in 2010. It's 80. It's, 80, it's, we say 80. I think it's 73, <laughs> uh, but it's, it's that that's this game. You know what I mean? Like it, it takes a lot. And in some, some weeks it's Dalton Schultz has going to be live. Sometimes it's Terrence Steele. Sometimes one week it's going to be, you know, Connor Williams. You know what I mean? Like it, like that has to happen and that is happening for the Cowboys. And that's an exciting thing. Yeah. I mean, look, not for nothing. I mean, there wasn't one point of last night or Monday night's game that got me like, oh man, if we just had Collins at right tackle, that would have worked. You know what I mean? Like that's how good Steele has been. And I almost forgot about it. the only thing you're hearing about Collins is the unfortunate stuff. That's you know details. You know that that's that's surfacing around Cowboys media as to why he's serving the suspension in the first place. But Steele has done an incredible job um, backing him up, and uh, which is crazy because if you think about it, there was a lot of Cowboys fans out there that. Once Steele went in there, you were thinking like, oh, my God, is this is going to be another turnstile. Like, is Dak going to be running for his life? This, that, and the Steele has answered the bell, and he's really, really played a really, really good role in which I guess by all means he's got, what, four, uh, three more to go before Collins is back? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, three more to go. And I think we – I this isn't like an insider thing. This is my own personal opinion. I think it might – I think we might not see Michael Gallup till after the bye. Because, again, like we talked quality of opponents, you know, I think like the Cowboys can beat the Panthers, the Giants and the Patriots at the very worst go two and one in that stretch without Michael Gallup, without Lyle Collins. And then give them that time. Give them three more. You can't you're not giving it to Lyle. But you know what I mean? Like get, allow that time and then the bye week. And then you get them back for that tough game in Minnesota. You know, maybe Michael, maybe a healthy Michael Gallup is the difference against, you know, a Vikings team that I, I do believe is better than their record certainly indicates. And so maybe, maybe that helps then. And so you do not need Michael Gallup for the Giants. No, no. But, you know, especially with Cedric Wilson, that's you know, like you're getting, you're getting great play from your depth guts. But, but as great as that is, and Cedric Wilson is that dude, and I still believe in Noah Brown, too. I believe that he's a good physical body, you know, big guy receiver that can lay the wood if, if called upon. But here's the situation. You know, Michael Gallup might not want that rest, considering what he's playing for this year. You know, like that's I know a, that's a complicated variable. I agree with you. And and that's like because I he hate- could be Wally pipped real quick. And if nobody knows that reference, <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, Sturge what is, is a thousand years old. So that's why yeah. he's referencing Cedric, Wally Cedric, Pipp. Cedric Wilson, you know, he's, he's good. He's real good. And they got see me Fahoko, who we haven't seen anything much from, but who knows what he's got. I think Gallup in his, in his now, best. Now Homer is back, by the way, talking about Simi Fahoko, just for the record. <laughs> Semi- <laughs> yeah. Michael Gallup has reasons to try to rush back is what I'm saying. I, and, we may think, not need him, but he's gonna, he's going to want to get out there. I I'm only saying this, and we talked about this. Um, Tom and I talked about this um, in in the in the aftermath of the Lyle and um, and Michael Gallup news. By the way, the Champions League set has a Manchester United kit on. No big deal. Just you know, nice nice dub. <laughs> uh, but um, I I want the most for Michael Gallup. I know you want the most for Michael Gallup. Everybody does. The reality is this season might you know 
might impact that. And, and like we see this a lot, like Michael Gallup might sign, you know, a one year deal with the Cowboys next year and say, you know what? I didn't get my chance to really show my stuff. You know, the the salary cap is, is growing again, 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 like we've heard so many times. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to utilize this, this time right now to get right, whatever. I want to have a full season in 2022 to get totally paid, especially like, you know, I don't think Michael Gallup's the best wide receiver on the market next year. If Chris Godwin is, you know what I mean? And so like, you know, like those, those factors and those variables all change, but like that, that might be a big thing. And so right. like, I don't, I don't mean to say that that strategy, like you're keeping Michael Gallup off, you know, for any reason like that. Uh, but you know, that, that is something that's a relevant data point is all I'm saying. Um, uh, there was a comment I wanted to get to, uh, where is it? Where is it? Um, uh ninja says i want michael gallup to get that rest i and I, I agree like for the good of the team and i think i agree with you Sturge. it's going to be difficult to to keep him out potentially if he is right if he is healthy but that might be what's best for them i did want to also address zachary's question uh Sturge, i don't know if you saw this i know you've been really busy uh brandon lee gotten who runs bleeding green nation our philadelphia eagles site at uh sb nation he and i had a bet oh, the on bet. the Cowboys yeah, yeah, yeah. Eagles game. Mm-hmm. And so um if I if the Cowboys had lost, which is a silly proposition, uh, <laughs> I would have had to have sung Fly Eagles Fly on the NFC's mixtape. Um and since he, since the Eagles lost, he has to have the Blog of the Boys logo as his avatar I up like until it. kickoff of the next Eagles game. Uh a game they're gonna get destroyed in by the Kansas City Chiefs, who are all pissed off. Oof. But yeah, um right. he tweeted that I was disappointed that I couldn't sing Fly Eagles Fly. That's a flat outright lie. I mean, just so everybody <laughs> knows that. Uh that's song is stupid. But um, okay, so we've talked about Dak, we've talked about things we're excited about. Um, I don't mean to go back negative, but we are just here to talk about the overall state of this team. And so thoughts on Greg's airline? Because <sighs> like it is it's just it, it you know my thought, it's frustrating. It's just straight up, flat out frustrating that the guy, you know, can't make the extra point, you know, but he'll make that 64, five, six yarder or whatever, you know, just to go, well, not 66. He's not Justin Tucker by any stretch, but you know, it, it just, it's frustrating to know that every kick we have to watch. We can't even, we can't even like if the Cowboys score a touchdown, we can't get up, run around, cheer, high fives, high fives. And then by the time you get back to your seat, you realize they missed the kick. You know what I mean? Like we got to sit there and watch the kick because it's that, it's that bear. Come on, bear. <laughs> we have to sit there and watch the kick because we're nervous he might not make it. Uh, UPS is here. So it's uh, oh, even better. Minutes here. You know what that is? You know what that is? That's your Cristiano Ronaldo jersey that you're waiting for. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But yeah, no, for Greg Zerline's case, uh, his case, it's hard to it's hard to get behind him until it's it's not. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just difficult. It's frustrating. There's a lot of the bad things about this team aren't really like really really bad they're just like really really annoying and they're frustrating like to miss an extra point is annoying for Mike McCarthy to mismanage the clock is frustrating these are the things that are just going to bother us through and through I think for the rest of the year you almost did it search we almost got to the end uh, you know the, the, the house is secure you know what I'm saying like the, he's gone bear it's fine it actually might be the jersey. I really hope that you're right. Look um, at that, huh? And great. by the way, Chris, Chris says, you know, you want to go check. I'm good right now. Uh, again. Can you imagine uh, just getting up? See you later. That would actually be, if if it really is, I'll tweet it out, I promise. But like, oh, that, perfect. And that, it would actually be amazing given the fact that he just won this game. But again, uh, but um, so uh, Eileen says, we, we if we are consistently missing extra points, we need to be looking at kickers. It's going to come back to bite us big time. So two things here. One, I tweeted about this on um, Tuesday. Greg Zerline now, Sturge, has missed a kick of some kind, extra point or field goal, any kick in nine 
of 19 games that he has played with the Dallas Cowboys. That's nine of nine of 19. It's unacceptable. Like, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, so it's, it, it, you know, there's no competition in the preseason. There's nothing. There's just fossil saying, that's my guy. We're going to ride with him. Here we go. You know, that's, that's, that's unfortunately. And I don't like to like, it's crap. That's so, crap. <laughs> so I tweeted when I said this, that, that he's going to cost the Cowboys a game to Eileen's point, but I got a lot of respect. And I said, you could argue that he did cost the Cowboys against Tampa. Now I think you could argue that a, a couple of different ways. I don't know if I like a hundred percent place the blame from that game on Greg Zerland. He definitely deserves an enormous amount. Like he, if, if we're, um, you know how in uh, the episode of the office, they go and put beans on the people that they want to give bonuses to or whatever. <laughs> like if we're doing, if we're doing that with blame, Greg Zerland gets the most from the Tampa loss. Mm -hmm. um, but my point is like, the Cowboys have played three games this season, right? And two of them have come down to last second field goals where the team kicking them won the game, the Tampa game and the Charger game. And so the odds are that that is going to happen again, right? Like what, you know, and where the Cowboys are going to have to half of their wins so far this season to Greg Zerland's credit have come off of a last second field goal. And I know the sample size is incredibly small at this particular point in time. We're only three games in, but that's going to happen again. And it's it's not going to, it's you know, if he had missed that kick in LA, who knows? Maybe the Cowboys win the coin toss. They get the ball. Maybe Dak goes down. Tony Pollard runs in the game-winning touchdown. They still win no matter what. But what if it wasn't tied? You know, what if the Cowboys are playing the Vikings and it's 26-24, Dak has the ball at the very end like he did against the Vikings in 2019. He drives, he drives, he drives. It's a 42-yard field goal attempt with two seconds left. Cowboys got to make it or they go home with a loss first game out of the bye and Greg Zerline misses it. And like, that's like, you shouldn't, you shouldn't look at one moment and say like, well, it's a failure because it's, it's about the composite, but that is, I hate to say this, that is likely to happen based off again, he misses a kick in 47% of games that he plays for the Cowboys. So like, how can you deny that? Like the, the laws of probability as they relate to Greg Zerline, not only indicate or suggest they outright prove that this is going to happen. And so I think it's irresponsible to have him out there. There are only three kickers. There are only three that have missed multiple extra points at this point in the season. And one of them is Greg Zerline. Who's the other one? <laughs> the other two are Josh Lambeau, who, who went to the best school in the world. So, we won't talk about him. Uh, and Tristan Vizcaino, the kicker for the Chargers, actually. Um, so, I mean. I don't know. It, it's, it's, it's very alarming. And that's what I'm thinking. Like, you know how they always, they beat it over our heads that that talent acquisition is a 365-day job, right? Like, they're always looking for guys. That's well, you're, Stephen Jones, 365, 24-7-365, right. Right. And, and guess what? What do they, they just take off certain days and they just don't look for talent? Because this, this look. Greg has done wonders for us in in spots. You know, he wins the game the other day. Last year's watermelon thing, like we're getting excited. Yes, like sorry, not to cut you off. Like he won that game with a field goal, to be clear. But the watermelon kick, I don't give him any credit for. Like he, well, I just give it more than the, the Falcons well, of just being complacent well, and just sitting what, there. <laughs> but, but what I mean is, like, that's not like. A, a trade in the NFL, like watermelon kicking. You know what I'm saying? Like field goal kicking is a trade in the NFL. Like respect right. that it worked out, but like kickers aren't paid for their ability to, to kick the watermelon kick. They're paid to kick field goals. And so again, mm -hmm. respect, he pulled it off. I don't want to take away from that, but like that's not the skill that he is here to provide. And right. so that's my problem. But you're kind of, Chris, Chris asks, so what can we do about Greg? And unfortunately, and I don't mean to just like, you know, moan and groan with no answer. I think the answer is nothing because the Cowboys rested on their laurels here. I mean, you know, there was reason to doubt him after last season. But to me, I know you don't play golf, Sturge, but what it's what it's like to me 
um, I play in a, in a weekly league uh, with our neighborhood. And so every Wednesday, so actually later today, uh, we go out, we play nine holes. And sometimes like, this is rare. Obviously I'll hit a bad shot and you know, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm like, man, how's this happening? And you know, the only time I play, especially now that it's football season is that time in the week, you know, like I'm not, you know, practicing. And so like, that's on me. Like, that's my fault. Like I've made that bet. So like, I have to lie in it and I have to accept the consequences of my own actions. And so like, that's, that's it with the Cowboys. Like when they lose a game and I hope that this doesn't happen, I hope I'm totally wrong. It's going to be the consequences of their own actions. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at this team and I'm saying to myself, let's just say, for whatever reason, they were 0-3, right? And Greg Zerline had the stat line that he has right now. Then I think he's gone. That's just me. You know, starting off 0-3, they're very slow and they got to make a move. Who's the sacrificial lamb? Well, Greg's cost us X, Y, Z, right? To that but, point, Sturge, sorry. Um, we have a comment from Michael Magruder says, I'm done with throwing players away for potential mistakes. First of all, this is not potential. Yes, like, this there's, is a, there's a mistake. mountain of mistakes. <laughs> um, who are you going to replace him uh, with? I think is the question. Why constantly focus on the negative? The reason we're focusing on this, Michael, is because there's a very strong argument to make that the Dallas Cowboys are 3-0, and if not for mistakes that Greg Zerline made and mistakes that the Cowboys made in terms of allowing that to fester. That's why. And so, like, we're talking about the difference between 2-1 and one, or and 3-0, and oh, but the difference between 2-1 and one and 3-0 and oh could be a playoff spot when it's all said and done. Like, you never know. It could be the difference between the 1-2 and two seed. You know, things like that are, are just, you know, they're tough. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's like I said, just another element of being frustrated, even, even off a big win. We're all riding high, two and one. I mean, I think we're two and one, and that's why Greg is not getting the attention uh, to to be removed or replaced. I mean, there's a lot of people that are frustrated with him, but unfortunately, like you just said, RJ, that's they're not going to do anything. Not at this point. Uh, a couple super chats to get to. We love all of you who take the time to join us here. Alex, thank you again for the super chat. It says watching the post locker room speeches, the players love Mike McCarthy. You can see it on the field. I will say, like, you know, I didn't like what he said about the not calling a timeout thing, but anytime Mike McCarthy speaks, I find myself kind of telling myself, you know, like if we were in a workplace setting, like whatever, if Mike McCarthy was like, you know, we worked at the same venue or something and he was my boss, I could find myself like buying in. I, I definitely, I can see it. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he's not the like raw, raw guy Jason Garrett is, but I can, he's likable in a certain sense. I totally believe that the Cowboys love him. I agree. I agree. He's got that moxie to him. I do. Um, Calvin, thank you for the super chat. Says answering a question from earlier. I'm still excited to see what Gregory can do as the season rolls along. Your thoughts? He might be. I I was hesitant to to buy in, and I'm not saying that everyone who bought in was wrong because he's clearly awesome, and so they're clearly right. But there just wasn't a a big sample size. You know what I mean? There wasn't. He hadn't played stable football in a long time, and so I was just. I it wasn't. I need to see it to believe it. Thing. It was just a. There's no precedent for this, and. Thankfully, I've been proven wrong three games. He did not have the box score splash moments that Trayvon Diggs or Micah Parsons had on Monday night, but he was equally impactful, if not more so. I mean, Randy Gregory disrupted the pocket over and over and over again, drew penalties. I mean, Randy Gregory might be the most important player on the Dallas Cowboys defense. Trayvon's important, don't get me wrong, but like, especially the way this season has gone with now DeMarcus Lawrence's foot situation, Randy might, when it's all, when we look back, 
uh, at the DVD of the Super Bowl winning Cowboys. I don't know if it'll be a DVD or a Blu-ray, or maybe it's like a, a direct download thing that's like it's on the cloud <laughs> on all your devices. But when we when we look back and we watch it, he might be the most important player because of what he is providing on a week by week basis. I think he's very similar to to Demarcus Lawrence in the in the aspect of like what else does he do besides get the sacks and the gaudy numbers? Like he is causing havoc every time you see. Micah Parsons or anybody in that backfield, if you look directly to his right or directly to his left, Randy Gregory's right there. You know what I mean? So he's he's definitely causing some havoc. I was one of the ones that was very, very optimistic. <laughs> shocker. Uh, about <laughs> about Randy Gregory in a full season capacity where I was like, well, you know, every time we have ever seen this guy, he's come off of his six game su- suspension or this or that. You know what I mean? For him to start training camp, get in there pre well, no preseason, really. I mean, you do anything but you know go into the regular season it all translates man it all translates and he's he's flying high with a really dare i say really good defense i mean i think it's really good partly because of him you know yeah. i mean it's big, yeah it's, big role player it's i mean it really is amazing loopy thank you for the super chat um i know sometimes like typing the question can be difficult on the super chat so uh i see it now loopy but thank you loopy your question or your comment says cam irving versus our defensive ends is a great matchup for us yeah uh there was another comment a moment ago where was this here uh from loopy loopy's other comment says how did cam irving get a starting gig on the panthers o-line i saw that in 100 chance quinn floods the crap out of that guy he was so bad for us in dallas he wasn't Chaz green um but <laughs> who dan quinn has had success against um but yeah i mean um yeah it's had you know i this should be it this should i don't want to say this should be an easy win but Games. This is the first game at noon this year for the Cowboys because they played on primetime <laughs> twice and then we're in the afternoon in week two. This should be a relatively chill Sunday that after the game, you come hang out on the Blog and the Boys postgame show, you enjoy, and then by Sunday night football, when we see the like super overhyped Brady return to Foxborough game, you're I'm just about that. You're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're just peaceful. You know, you're happy. It's, it's another good week. The Cowboys will be riding a three-game winning streak and life will be good. I'm I'm all for it. I'm all I'm absolutely all for it. Um, yeah, I mean, Cam Irving didn't have his greatest days in Dallas, and I think that the Cowboys could definitely uh, take advantage of that because you know Parsons is going to more than likely be stay put until absolutely needed elsewhere. So, and believe it or not, you know, I'm, there's nobody bigger critic than me of Jalen Smith, and you know, there was a couple plays last week where I was just like, Jesus, what is he doing? But then again, there, he, he's around. I found a still shot. I think Joey Ickles. I don't know if you follow him, but yeah, Joey he, Ikes. Yeah, the Ikes. alum. Yeah, bro, he <laughs> he put out a screenshot. <laughs> Jalen Smith was about 16 feet from the ball, and you could just see him laying out. And it's just, ah, but we just need Parsons to do his thing. We don't want Parsons to drop back right now until it's absolutely necessary. And if Jalen and Vanaresh play serviceable, good football, then you know we don't have to make any moves. A um, a little birdie told me that Jalen may be stopping by the Blog of the Boys podcast YouTube, you know, universe in the coming week. So be on the lookout for that. That's all I'm saying. You know, just be, be on the lookout. Um, but and, and Dave Starch may not be invited for that one. <laughs> he will not. Um, Zachary asks, who is our comp for Micah Parsons? I hate to take the low hanging fruit, uh, but it's Von Miller. I mean, that's oh that's, yeah, that's just... that's who he and everybody has that comp, but it, it's it's that for a reason. He's that, that special. Yeah, I'm with um, that. Watsamata, thank you for the super chat. You're the best. Uh, says food for thought. Maybe right or Randy Gregory, not right guard. 
was given the task of collapsing the pocket rather than darting around the end, thus denying running lanes for Hertz. I totally agree. I mean, like, yeah. he, he was an incredible team player. It was incredible team defense from the Cowboys. And again, drew multiple penalties. I mean, he was awesome. And that's like, I don't think he should be knocked by this or anything, but it, it is just fact that he wasn't in the in the stat sheet or the box score or anything like he he doesn't have the highlights that NFL Network's playing, you know, the rest of this week right. or anything like that. But he he was just as impactful as Micah Parsons, as Trayvon Diggs. I mean, he was the three stars of the game defensively for the Cowboys were Micah, Trayvon, and Randy. Yeah, no, 100% agreed. I mean, it's just the, those guys, everybody did their job. You know, there was there was never, you know, the Eagles were going to get their plays. Like, and I have to start making peace with that. Like, when I make predictions, and I was saying this before to my buddy, I was like, I have I had the Cowboys winning that game according to the blogging the boys predictions on your on the Instagram. I am 34-20, right? Which means the Eagles have to score 20 points somewhere along the line. But like when the game starts, I don't think they should score any points. But even though I predicted them to score 20 points, I still can't get on board with the fact that the Cowboys should give up any points. So that's where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. Um Anything, you know, on your mind, Sturch, when it comes to the Cowboys, anything that you you just have to say right now or you won't sleep all tonight? Yeah, uh, I still I, I think that the Cowboys, are, it's not that they don't have an identity on offense because they can do so many things. But I still I, I want people to understand and stop the madness uh, two weeks running now because Tony Pollard is a completely different running back than Ezekiel Elliott. But boy, I, I want Zeke to get the ball more. He is starting to hurt people. I'm telling you, there's a lot of muscle you, you behind Ezekiel want, Elliott. You just want the like the narrative of that. That's all you want. It's just fine. You know what I mean? Like you just want the like feed Zeke. Like you just want, you know, you want the good vibes. You, yeah. you know what you you know what you want? You're the guy right now who's like, it's movie night, and you're like, let's watch whatever for the like 300th time. You know, like, I, this is a great movie. And everyone's like, dude, we've seen that movie a thousand times. Like, I don't care. It's a great movie. Um, I go with Tommy Boy on that one, probably. <laughs> Sturge, Alex, thank you for the super chat again. Says, Dave, your Yankees hat burns. Oh, man. Listen, listen here, Alex. Uh, I'm a Jersey guy, first of all, first and foremost. So I am a Yankees fan. And they're in playoff contention right now, and they're playing really good. Seven game, another seven. Seven game winning streak for the New York Yankees. So uh, sorry about that, Alex, but I do appreciate you sticking around for this entire thing. Um, I think the Cowboys offense. Um, and by the way, Zachary asks if Sunday is the new day for Jersey boys. Yes. The Jersey boys are official pregame hype men. Uh, so you will hear from all of them uh, on. We dropped that on late sun Saturday night, Sunday morning. So you can um, get to hear what they have to say before the game. But, um, but the Cowboys offense, I've been thinking about this for a while is, um, I forget her name. I think it was Mystique in X-Men. Um, okay. Mystique is, I believe, somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Mystique is the, well, she's not actually not a member of the X-Men. She's one of the bad guys. Like, she's on the bad team. And she is capable <laughs> of uh, of embodying, like, anybody else. You know what I mean? Like, she she can look like anybody else. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's her, like, that's her oh, mutation okay, okay. or whatever. Um, and so, uh, like... That's the Cowboys offense. They can just become whatever they need to become. You know, they, they can turn into whatever they need to turn into. And so, I mean, that's a good thing. That's a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm great. I'm listen. I'm great with everything right now. All things Cowboys. Everything's really clicking on all cylinders. You got again, you beat up on a bad team. I think the Philadelphia Eagles are not a good team, but that's what good teams do. And they got to beat them up. I think it needs to carry over to this weekend. I think they got to, you know, do their thing, man. I mean, just keep playing the way they're playing. Don't get too cute. I keep I say that once a week to Kellen Moore. Don't get too cute. I understand he wants to show that evil genius that he has. Like when he like, evil, 
Well, I'm saying like that, you know, because it's it's nah, dude, it's, it's it's wholesome. He's like Jimmy Neutron. You know nah, I mean? like, see, see, I think there's somebody in the really, really deep in the in the brain that says like, you know what? A reverse would be really nah. good right about now, <laughs> right? He's got the guy on his shoulder, and you're like, yeah, all right, <laughs> let's call it like, and that and that stuff still burns me to this day. But you know, it is what it is. They, he likes to splash him in. It's just not the opportune times to do so. Eileen Peppers says Yankees. At a girl, Eileen. Going for you, Sturge. Uh, I'm a Houston, a Houston Astros fan, having you know been born and raised o- in Texas. Openly admit life. that, huh? I mean, look. I mean, I, it, I'm I'm not like you know hurt by these things, and so the magic number yeah. for them is one. We'll see if the Yankees are even in uh, magic numbers in, in the postseason. Three, three for the Yankees. Yeah, that's three is more than one. So you know, I'll see in the World Series. Uh, that would be impossible. Actually. Oh, ALCS. Sorry. <laughs> so, I'm thinking of the old, oh my God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, ALCS. Anyway, uh, again, Zachary, Zachary with the great points is I'm kind of disappointed we won't get to see JC Horn in action against us to see what we missed out on. Uh, it is a huge bummer that he's hurt, obviously. Um, and, um, you know, says, but I'm definitely happy with Micah. Eileen says, how do I pay for a super chat? Very kind of you, Eileen. Thank you so much to everyone who super chats. There's an op. I really don't know actually off the top of my head which is probably bad uh but there's an option on the side like in the comment section there's there's a thing that you do and it has to be connected to your paypal or whatever uh but uh you know it is what it is oh watsamata sturge coming back you got your yankees love says don't knock the q all caps with a ton of uh exclamation points is even when those fail the prospect of q keeps the other team from getting too comfortable sitting on tendencies wow sturge you should feel yeah but they're dry they're drive killers man sometimes they just completely throw things off where you're like wait why would they do that and like you know what i i promise you every time and i know this from all it has to be a cowboys thing like as far as all of us as as fan base if you get like that cd lamb catch in the beginning of the game where he gets down to the to the one right or to the half yard line whatever it was wasn't a touchdown how many of you out there in YouTube land, okay, or or however you're watching this, right? How many of you say feed Zeke four times? You no, all say it. You all say, say it. That. No, don't you don't. You admit it. Admit no. it. No, I'll stop it. <laughs> no, because like the moment you need you one say- foot, you need one foot. You're gonna get that ball to the, the strongest we, dude on your team. We've seen them not get that foot though. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Well, like the moment you do that, the moment you die. Because the, num- the, the numbers. The, moment, the numbers. That's the moment say. you become predictable though. You know what I'm like so. Yeah, I'm not I'm not like opposed to like, you know, hand it off to Zeke at all. Like, I'm not saying that by any means, but in no universe am I handed to him four times. No way. Uh-uh. OK, I, I don't believe, I don't believe in that. Fine. Um, but oh, <laughs> Eileen says that she sees it. It's a dollar sign. That is appropriate. Eileen also says, I love this channel, says Flash Blog. So thank you, Eileen. If you haven't, uh, Eileen and everybody, please do subscribe to the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. We do these live streams every single week, normally on Tuesdays. Uh, but again, the Monday night game knocked us back one day. Watsamata coming back. Backstretch. Oh, cute, boy, here we cute, go. cute, cute, cute. We just spent years one running on first down, two draw on third and long, three no disguises okay. of defensive coverage. I think I, I gotta I, say, Watsamata is making incredible. Watsamata, listen, to say anything. listen, man. I, I and it's not like it's it's the opportune times that get me going. You know what I mean? Like I'm all for a trick play if it works. You know what I mean? I totally like. Uh, oh see, wow, I mean, that way. That's results oriented thinking. You can't think that way. But I'm saying, like, it, the, the Cowboys can, t- you know, hit, I don't know, Schultz on a 30-yard crossing pattern down, right? First and 10, the Cowboys are rocking and rolling. And then the next play, bubble screen that goes nowhere. That's, that to me, that's just, it's just dumb. It's dumb. I see, like, again, I, so I, I, 
I applaud this mindset that Watsamata has when it, when you have superstars, like when it's your offense. I don't applaud this mindset like on special teams where you're shaky. And, and we've seen the Cowboys like get cute on special teams. So like mm-hmm. there, there are variables. And that's that not on that. Kellen. So no, I, no, I no. That. But Kellen has the horses here. You know what I'm saying? And so like I am a fan of this. I am a fan of Kellen's creativity. Yes, there are times where you look at it and you say like, man, that didn't work out. But for every one that didn't work out, there are maybe 10 that do, six that do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I will take that ratio all day long uh, because it is, you know, it, it is what it is. Oh, Watsamata comes back. Here we go with the super chat. Thank you so much, Watsamata says. Sturch, I love you, bro. You are not wrong. There's a time and a place. I agree with that. I, and that's why there is a measurement to it. So I just, I was making sure you weren't like against cute at all. Sturgeon. No, so. no, no. Like I said, time, it's a timing. I think, I think it's the timing that bothers me the most of all there's, that stuff. There's a timing in the, in the flow of it. And like some of it is feel, but some of it is data. And Kellen does seem to understand that. Kel- the, Kellen has said, my, if, if I look at every single thing that any single Dallas Cowboys staffer has said over the last 25 years, Kellen has my favorite one. And it was last Tuesday or, or last Monday after the Cowboys beat the Chargers. And he was talking about the overall disposition of the team. And he said it is to aggressively attack what the defenses give them. And, and that's a beautiful thing. It is. And sometimes that is in a cute way. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes what your plan is doesn't work. You know what I mean? Like you, you're not flawless. You're not infallible. And right. you know what? Nick Sirianni, in all his glory, said after the Cowboys whooped up on the Eagles in his postgame presser while still in the building at AT&T Stadium, he said that the Cowboys, and you know, I don't know how much stock he put in this, but he said the Cowboys did a great job of taking what they gave them defensively. And, I, you know, like people, the, the phrase low-hanging fruit has such a bad rap, right? Like people love to be like, that's low-hanging fruit, whatever. In in this world, take it. Take, take the low-hanging fruit. Like, right. you know, take take it all day long. Like, take the low-hanging fruit for four yards of play if you want because I'll take that all the way to the end. Was he wearing his stupid shirt when he uh, was in his post-game press conference too or he, no? Did he, he buy was, the new one? <laughs> he has not. And I'm going to say this <clears throat> one more. T- I haven't said this to you, Sturge, but a lot of people have heard me say it, and I apologize, but I really don't because, it. I, I mean, this take is something that I feel passionate about. The highlighter on his visor. He, have you seen this? He he wears a highlighter. It goes down his, his face. Yeah. Yeah. I want. I'm not saying this as a joke. I'm not saying this for super chats. I'm not saying this to make anybody laugh. I 100% believe this in my heart and soul. He is doing that to make it a thing. He 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 wants to like be. He wants like Eagles oh, fans to to walk like, around just and like uh, to like like Matt Patricia and the Patricia, pencil. That's it. Yeah. Uh, like the number two pencil. Like like uh, like Jim Harbaugh in the khakis. You know, like like Mike Ditka in the sweater. You know, he really wants. I'm telling you, Eagles fans to walk around on Halloween, go to the bars, and somebody's like, "Who are you?" And the person's like, "Don't you see? I got my Schmidium polo on and my visor and, and my highlighter. I'm I'm Nick Sirianni, the great Eagles coach. Just like uh, I don't know." Uh, accent that was but like Belichick, I, Belichick. it sounds like you were trying to do New York I, but I, uh, really bad. But, <laughs> but tell me that 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 you don't agree with that I don't that, think yeah. you, I don't think you can say that you disagree with that no I don't I do not disagree with that I as a matter of fact it's like very like Belichick-y with the you know the the hoodie you know like he wants it to be his thick because he's a brand new coach and he wants to leave an impact but he the only thing he left Dallas with was a big fat L <laughs> so I'm with that um that was a good burn I know, I know. <laughs> I got, I got some sometimes. That just was sometimes. A, a good burn. <laughs> um, yeah, this was a, a good. Oh, uh, Watson Modis says, "Dear Eagles coach, yes, continue to focus on your highlighter. We'll just win the <laughs> NFC East by four That's games." What I said. I'm, I'm telling you, I really like because there's, there's no way that that is 
that actually I told my wife this because I've told everybody this and you know she was like you know it impedes his vision and it does yeah. like it, it impedes his peripheral vision see, see <laughs> yeah so like you cannot tell me that this is like comfortable or it could be you got pockets you know what I'm saying you, you've got you know uh, <laughs> by the way oh, I, got, I got a new nickname <laughs> uh yeah Sturch your cuteness has generated some super chats so congratulations hey. Alex thank you again says Dave I hate cute Sturch <laughs> I love it. That's um, nice. Um, well, this was really fun. Like I said, so uh, schedule around here if anybody cares. Later on today, on Wednesday evening, we'll be dropping a video discussing Cowboys turnovers, how replicatable they are. I know that's not a word. What's led to them, what's going into them, et cetera, et cetera. So that'll drop Wednesday evening. Starch, I know you're going to watch. Uh, tomorrow on Thursday, we are dropping our Madden simulation uh, here on the Blog on the Boys YouTube channel. It's the third week we're doing this. The Madden game had the Cowboys losing both to the Chargers and the Eagles, and the Cowboys won. Uh, so we'll see what Madden has to say about this week's game against the Carolina Just Panthers. Just make sure you update the rosters and get McCaffrey out of the game. We did, and I'll say okay. this, full disclosure right now, we do that. We go in and adjust, okay. but Madden is kind of dumb. And so sometimes, even, <laughs> though, even though you do this, sometimes it sneaks somebody out there that you didn't put in. So... Just it's a video game, everybody. Just be cool. So that's coming out on Thursday. On Friday, we should have our game preview available for uh, this week's game. We talk to somebody who covers the Carolina Panthers, uh, and we get ready for the game. Obviously, on Sunday, uh, of course, we have our post game show as soon as the Cowboys get that dub, and then we do all this next week. Highlights on Monday and a roundtable next week. Sturch, are you in next Tuesday, five p.m. Central Time? Of course. Let's do it. So Sturge will be here. Uh, Eileen is today's MVP, says, oh, my God, Sturge, I tweeted about that friggin' highlighter during the game <laughs> on Monday. Drove me crazy. I'm telling you, I won. He's doing it. He wants He wants it to be a thing. He really does. Um, so, um, you know, Donnie says uh, it'll have Dallas losing to Carolina 20 to 17, probably. Talking about the Madden simulation. Uh, we'll see. It'll, it drops tomorrow uh, on the Blog on the West YouTube channel. But Excited. Sturge, anything else? Any last words? No nah, man. Speak now, I'm, forever. Hold listen, your peace. I'm excited about this team. I'm excited about this defense. I said it. Uh, I tweeted that out uh, midway through it from the stands. I said, guys, hold your like, hold on to your horses. But I think we might actually have a defense this year, and I think it's very true. And I'm, I'm real excited about all the guys, you know, in in all of their roles. And of course, we got that high powered offense. Don't look now, ladies and gentlemen. The Cowboys are on the map, and it's starting to draw the attention of everybody. So just. Keep your cool. Keep your composure. Like, I, I know you're not like me. I'm just a little too much. But just stay calm. Let's win the games we got to win. And uh, maybe we're talking about some really, really cool things come January. Zachary, I do see what you did in the comments. I agree with you, Sturch. We will have our predictions up on the Blog on the Boys Instagram story that you hinted at a little while ago. But give us a score prediction right now. Cowboys-Panthers Sunday. Even though you're a big Panthers fan, who wins? <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, Cowboys win this one 27-17. Mm, two more sevens right on uh shout out cristiano ronaldo shout out trayvon diggs shout out all of our super chatters shout out dave sturcio thanks for joining us everybody see you next time yeah man